0: Um, I'm going to do a little introduction into our, our new teaching series that we're going into this, uh, these next couple of weeks. It's on relationships. And so relationships are the backbones of our lives. We're born into a relationship with our parents and siblings. And as we grow and learn, we encounter people whom we form friendships with. And so much of what we experience and so much of what we desire and strive for in life are created from the need for relationships. So why can they be so challenging sometimes? The Bible has a lot to say about relationships of all kinds, between siblings, parents, between significant others. I mean, Jesus' own ministry was stemmed from relationships that he built with a few close friends. So we're going to spend the next couple of weeks looking at three important types of relationships and what the Bible has to say about them. Your relationship with yourself, relationships with family, and your relationship with significant other. And so starting us off with this first week, we have Christina joining us, and she's going to be sharing this first week in relationships. So go ahead and give her a round of applause as she comes on up.
1: Ah, thanks everybody. That's encouraging, an encouraging way. Thank you, guests, to start the night. Okay, like Dan said, tonight we are starting a new teaching series, and throughout the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about different kinds of relationships, I personally always enjoy this type of teaching series because relationships are, like Dan said, such a big part of life. We are designed for relationships. We absolutely need those close, personal relationships. And again, I personally think that there's just nothing better than having that close circle of friends, friends that know you, that love you no matter what, um, friends that you can just laugh hysterically with, but also have those really deep, honest, vulnerable conversations with. But there's one relationship that we need to talk about before we talk about friends or family dynamics or dating. We need to talk about the relationship that you have with yourself. Now, there's a podcast that I listen to every week, and the host repeatedly makes the comment that the longest relationship she's ever been in is the one with herself. And whenever I hear that, honestly, my first reaction is like, that is just weird to say. But then a second later, I do realize, actually, that's quite true. So that is what we are going to do tonight. We are going to talk about the relationship you have with yourself. We read in Genesis that God created us. God created male and female in his image, and he created our physical bodies and breathed life into humanity. We also know that God looked at Adam and Eve and saw what he had created and said that it was good. God knew everything about Adam and Eve and the way he created us as humans. God designed our physical bodies and he gave us a soul and he created us with a longing to be known, to be accepted and to be loved. And that part of us, that desire to be known, to be accepted and to be loved is our sexuality. God created human sexuality and it is a really good thing. Our sexuality was designed by God and it has a purpose and that purpose is what I wanna share with you all tonight. Sexuality is something that is good, something created intentionally by God that oftentimes can get distorted or a little twisted. And I think one of the biggest reasons sexuality can get twisted is because we as the church, we as church leaders, don't talk about this very much. You might have heard a message about saving sex for marriage, but sexuality is more than what we do with our bodies. And God is not silent about sexuality, like most of us probably think he is. I would guess that most of us believe that our sexual choices and beliefs are a category separate from our spiritual life, or what we would call our faith. We assume that God doesn't speak to our sexuality or even care much about it. But what I've learned as a college student and as an adult is that this just isn't true. I do believe that sexuality and spirituality are connected. In fact, I think God designed them to be inseparable. And I would even go so far to say as that our sexual beliefs and our behaviors are a reflection of what we truly believe about God. So here's the question for the night. Why did God create us as sexual beings? Why did he design sexuality as a part of what it means to be human? Now, before I go into an answer for that, I want to tell you a little bit about a class I took in college. This probably happens in high school, but a lot of you will find that in a college setting, there is usually a professor or two that just everybody loves, and everybody tries to take their classes no matter what, whether it's a part of their major program or not. And I had that experience in college. I transferred to Northwestern College up in St. Paul, Minnesota as a sophomore, and I pretty immediately heard this buzz about this professor named Terry Talley and her class that she taught on human sexuality. My RA had taken this class, and she was one of those people that just raved about Terry Talley, like I knew so much about this professor before I ever met her. And I honestly would hear Professor Talley mentioned all the time, and there truly was I mean, that's the best way I can describe it as, like, a buzz about what she taught in her human sexuality class. If there was one class you had to take at Northwestern, it was human sexuality with Terry Talley. Now, at this time as a college student, as a sophomore, I was, like, what, 20? I didn't have much of a concept of human sexuality. I had heard that sex was for marriage. I knew I'd made a promise as a young teen to save sex for marriage. And since I wasn't married, I didn't really see myself as being sexual. I took Professor Talley's human sexuality class then as a junior in college, and what I learned in that class vastly expanded my understanding of human sexuality as God designed it. I learned that we are all sexual beings, whether we are married or whether at some point or we are single. I learned that every human being has desires and longings that God created We all desire and long to be known, to be accepted, and to be loved. Our bodies were designed to also experience physical desire and arousal. God designed the anatomy and physiology of sex, and he designed our bodies to go from arousal to orgasm, and he designed sex to not just be a physical act, but an act of intimacy that connects body, mind, heart, and soul. I bet you guys weren't expecting me to share all of that tonight. But we still have this question of why. Why did God create us as sexual beings? We know that God created the natural world, meaning he created the earth, he created nature, the trees, the plants, everything. God created the natural world to express the truth about the spiritual realm. This is true of trees and stars and mountains, and we see this especially in the way water is used in baptism. The actual water that covers us in baptism symbolizes us being washed clean of our sins. And God uses water in baptism to express this powerful spiritual truth of our sins being forgiven and being forgotten. Everything God created for us here on earth has a spiritual purpose, revealing something to us about God. And God uses the physical to teach us about the spiritual, and God does this with our sexuality. Our sexuality was intentionally created as a holy metaphor reflecting God's love, his covenant love for us. I'm going to say that one more time. Our sexuality was intentionally created As a holy metaphor reflecting God's covenant love for us his people so here's the deal a covenant is a word that describes a binding agreement a promise of commitment that bonds two parties together now what is the main thing we hear from beginning to end in the Bible there's like one main theme and that is how much God loves his people this is the big picture main theme that we read about from Genesis to Revelation. We read again and again how God loves his people, how he sent Jesus to redeem us, to reunite us with God because, human, because humanity experienced a big break with God when sin entered the world. The Bible is trustworthy and it's a relevant source of truth, and in Scripture, God does address our sexuality Throughout scripture, I hope you guys find this really interesting, the one flesh union of marital sex, that's kind of how the Bible talks about it, a one flesh union, sexual infidelity and sexual immorality are used as metaphors to describe God's relationship with his people and our call to be faithful to God we see this language of covenant of sexuality and sexual unfaithfulness and marriage used a lot in the old testament again and again to describe god's relationship with his people the israelites and sexuality was intentionally created with great significance as a powerful holy metaphor to help us understand god's love for his people for us one example is in the book of hosea which is a book in the old testament We read about this marriage between Hosea, who was a prophet, a spokesperson for God, and a woman who is unfaithful to him. She cheats on him and leaves him again and again and again. And God uses this relationship to show the people of Israel the error of their ways. God used infidelity in marriage to get his message across to the Israelites. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20, we read that what we do with our bodies sexually has significant spiritual meaning, that our sexual choices can't be separated from our spirituality. And in John 4, Jesus has this incredible conversation with a woman, and point blank points out um, that she has been married a number of times and currently has a sexual relationship with a man who is not her husband. Jesus then gently suggests that her sexual longings are rooted in a spiritual thirst. And Jesus' conversation with this woman led to her healing and to her sexual wholeness. The Bible directly addresses our sexuality, letting us know that God is not silent on this. And we, meaning everybody in this room, experience this connection of spirituality and sexuality Because we all, at some point, as people who have gone through puberty, begin to experience sexual desires that invite us to pursue this covenant that God talks about. Remember, a covenant is a binding agreement, and the physical desire we experience reminds us that we were not meant to be alone. And it is a driving force that points us to romantic relationships and ultimately to marriage. Sexual intimacy, meaning having sex, is the celebration of covenant. The celebration of that binding agreement that is made in marriage. And having sex within marriage is a physical way of celebrating the vows that are made within marriage. And sexual fidelity, meaning faithfulness, not cheating on your spouse, is the promise of that covenant. The flip side of that is the pain of broken vows or the pain of sexual betrayal is a metaphor of the spiritual reality of breaking our covenant, breaking our faith relationship with God. And I know that there are people in this room that have been cheated on. And you know what an incredibly painful thing that is. The final piece to all of this is that we are all sexually broken. Whether we have had sex outside of marriage or not, whether we have watched porn or not, um, or entertained lustful thoughts, we are actually all sexually broken. As Jesus followers, we strive to follow Jesus in our thoughts and in our actions in every part of our lives. And we have all lacked sexual integrity at times, meaning we have all had moments when our beliefs and our desire to follow Jesus did not match up with our thoughts or our behaviors. God calls us to pursue sexual wholeness and sexual maturity. Sexual wholeness is not the absence of certain sexual sins. I truly believe sexual wholeness is embracing and living according to this metaphor of God's covenant love within our sexuality. And none of us does this perfect. I kind of find it refreshing that we are just all on the same page with this. We are all in need of God's grace and redemption within our sexuality. God does not abandon us or leave us alone to figure out our sexual struggles. There is nothing too personal for God. I know some of you might be thinking, I could never talk to God about this area of my life, but you can. You absolutely can look to God for truth and guidance regarding your sexuality and sexual choices. You can pray and you can talk to God about the most personal and private things in your life. I do promise you that. Okay, I wanna thank you guys for sticking with me tonight. I know I've probably given a lot of you a lot to process, and my encouragement to all of you is to do some personal reflecting with God. Honestly, um, tell God whatever is running through your mind right now, just share that with God in your head. Ask Him to reveal the truth that He wanted you to hear tonight. God, what was one thing you wanted me to pay attention to tonight? I would also encourage you to try to listen for God's voice as we are going to sing praise songs together. Um, Just try to sing praise and just listen to what God might be saying to you tonight. What is God saying to you about your relationship with him and your relationship with yourself? I just encourage you guys tonight or later on in Um, In small group or in the privacy of your own bedroom to do some reflecting do some talking to God about this I am going to have the band come up now and I'm going to read Psalm 139 um, just so you guys know how much God knows you you have searched me Lord and you know me you know when I sit and when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar you discern my going out and my lying down I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting.